want you to turn to Romans. We're going to pray before we start, and uh, <clears throat> I believe this word tonight is made by the Spirit of God himself to change us. How many came to be changed? The Bible says we'll be changed from glory to glory, and uh, I believe that. Every time we are in the presence of God and we begin to speak the word of God, he comes in that place. Uh, and in that place, we can be changed, every one of us tonight. And so if you're a willing candidate, uh, now I'm not talking about your circumstances being changed. How many of you know probably just what we hear tonight isn't going to change your circumstances between now and when you leave this building. But you can be changed so that those circumstances no longer affect who you are. And that's what I want to be tonight. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that you love us. We've heard your word for the last two weeks about the love of God and that, that we have an opportunity to not only know your love, but to experience and give that love to other people. I thank you tonight that as each, each person hears this word, that they will be changed in their heart forever, that the word's going to go in. It's going to be sown into their hearts. And just like any seed that is sown, this incorruptible word that will go in will bring life will bring revelation, will bring understanding, and will bring deliverance and hope and peace and assurance in every life. No one will leave here tonight without knowing that you have spoken to them. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to share this word that I, I heard this word the other morning when I was getting ready to come to the ladies' breakfast. If you didn't come to that, you can go uh, online and you can hear that message. Great word, Pastor Elizabeth had. And uh, those of you that were there know that. And, and uh, as I was preparing that morning, <clears throat> just to come and hear, hear what God was going to share with us, I just heard this, as is. As is. And... Uh, I, I, that's, it just really was like somebody just wanted to tell me something. How many of you know God wants to have fellowship with you? You know, I was reading in Faith to Faith that he wants more than anything. That's why Jesus died. More than anything was so he could establish fellowship again with his people. And so he'll speak to us things. And that's what I heard, as is. And so I, I, I don't know why this came to my mind, but immediately this scripture in Romans and uh, if you're there, Romans 5, 8. And if you don't have your word with you tonight, uh, we'll put it up on the screen for you. But uh, it's a scripture I've known for a long time. But it says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Everybody say, God bought me as is. <laughs> Isn't that good? Now, that I, I like that idea because I was... <laughs> As is was not a good as is uh, for God's side of the picture. Uh, for me, it was a great deal. You know, the covenant that he established through his blood was a great deal for me. But what he got in me was a sinner. Everybody say a sinner. And so when I looked up um, that word demonstrate, it says to show clearly, to prove or make clear by reasoning or evidence, to illustrate and explain, especially with many examples, to show the love, the value for efficiency of to a prospective buyer. You know, um, God looks at you, and, and there's no question that he, through the blood of Jesus, has bought you. The Bible says that, that you have been bought with a price. And your value to him was not what you might consider your value. 
Your value to him was the fact that he created you, and because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, he couldn't really fellowship with you, and because he loved you, he wanted to make a way. Everybody say, make a way. And, and so God demonstrated his love. You know, we've talked about love the last two weeks, but, you know, we can know about love, but how many of you know there's a difference between demonstrating love and knowing about love. And so in this scripture, it says that he took away sin. Now, it says in John 1, 9 that Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. So sin is a part of the world. But where we are now in the kingdom of God, sin has no dominion over us. And this is, this is what it says for sin. Missing the mark, failure, taking the wrong course or wrongdoing. So when I went back to that scripture, I thought God demonstrates. He shows clearly or proves or makes clear by reasoning or evidence his own love toward me in that while I was still missing the mark, failing, taking the wrong course and doing wrong, Christ died for me. Is that true? See, when you put that all together, uh, I don't know about you, but that fit me perfectly. Missing the mark, taking the wrong course, doing wrong. How many of you tonight, that may be fit some of the things that are going on in your life? I'm here to tell you tonight, God bought us. He bought us as is. Now, I, years ago, was involved in a business. And when my children were young, and it was a family business, it was Five Point Bargains. It's gone now since in the 90s, but some of you might remember it. And it was a, um, it was a place that sold clothes that were called seconds or irregulars. Everybody say irregulars. And so uh, this as is really makes sense to me because in the back of, the, of that building, with these semis would back up and they would unload boxes and boxes of irregulars and damaged clothes. And, and, and so there was this one man that worked there, and in the back room, he had to sort through every box. I mean, he stood in that back room for 25 years going through boxes. This is not a fun job. And he would take that garment, and he would look at it, and he would determine how severely damaged it was. Some things just needed a little stitch and sometimes it was in the bottom of, of a shirt or something that would be tucked in. And so that thing suddenly was not irregular anymore when you fixed the bottom that tucked in and somebody got a, a shirt for $5 that would have cost $30. But when you bought it, you bought it as is, whatever it was. And God began to say to me, when I took you from where you were, you know, you, you had a lot of little places that needed to be sewed up. Or fixed up. And, you know, a lot of people have more damage than, than others. You know, some people, uh, you know, some people the damage is very evident. Other people it's in places that, you know, can be fixed and it's gone and it's not there anymore. Some things last a long time. You know, uh, I've said to people that get in a divorce, and, and I'm not throwing stones. Those of you that know me, I was divorced twice as a young person before I got my life turned around and started going the direction I should. But. There's that God forgives it, but it continues to be there all the time, especially if there's children involved, because there's always going to be more times that you're involved in those things. And so, you know, there's consequences to those decisions. But God is able to, even if he takes you as is, to make you, everybody say make you, into this beautiful garment 
that is fully worthy, fully, fully uh, fixed so that you can function in life and be all you can be. Amen? And so it doesn't matter where you're at tonight. He wants you as is. And you say, well, you know, I was doing pretty good and then I fell. That doesn't matter. He wants you as is. And that's what I felt I was to really share tonight and for us to see that with God, it's not a conditional love. Now, in my Bible, it says, and it talks about love in, in this particular scripture. And so I have a, what's called a world word wealth. Uh, this love is called agape. And it says agape is more love by choice. And it's, it's not a love by chance. And it refers to the will rather than the motions. It's a self-giving love that gives freely without asking anything in return and does not consider the worth of its object. Everybody say as is. Now, how many of you could say, I'm glad he took me as, as I was. You know, I can remember when I first got saved, I was over at First Assembly, and they used to sing that song, Just as I am without one plea. Uh, you know, I thought, just as I am. And, and, and that seems like, how could God want me just like I am? Well, because he has a purpose and a destiny for you. And, and nothing that you are has anything to do with that being accomplished. That's why he can take you as is. Because as is with him becomes who he is and not who we are. Isn't that good? It says in 1 John four seventeen, as he is, so are we in this world. So he takes our as is and combines it with who he is, and we become as he is in the earth. And so it changes us, and we go from glory to glory. Now, I was looking at the scripture, and of course, you know, one of my favorite stories is Moses, because I, I just can't imagine, number one, walking down the road in a bush catching fire in front of me, and all the stuff that God did, you know, to manifest himself in that situation. But when you read that story, I mean, Moses, his as is was not really something that would qualify you to lead all those thousands of people out of Egypt in the middle of a terrible situation. And so as is with God has nothing to do with who he picks to do something. It doesn't have anything to do with it. And so I was reading in here, and it says in verse 7, this is all that God considers in you, in me, or anybody. In verse 7 of Exodus 3, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people. When God does something, it's because he sees something. And he sees hurting people. And, and that's why, you know, Moses was going to go and deliver these people was because of their oppression. And it says, the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, and I know their sorrows, so I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. He goes on and says where he's going to take them. And then in verse 10, he says, come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, as is? Have you ever thought, as it? I mean, this is what you're going to do it with? Hallelujah. And so he says, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. You know what the key was there? I will certainly be with you. As he is, so are we. Amen? 
And I can remember uh, when God first spoke to me in August of 1979, and my life was a mess. And he said to me, I'm going to send you to the world. I thought, well, the world (laughs) is in big trouble. As is. I mean, have you taken a look at what this is that you're dealing with? As is. And, and I remember him saying, I'm going to put a torch in your hand, and you're going to sing, and you're going to preach, and the love that's in you is going to shine, and people are going to be drawing all this stuff. I wrote it all down because I was in such shock. I thought, well, this. But I thought the same as Moses, as is. I mean, I am a mess myself. I can hardly get myself in the right direction. Why would you do this? Everybody say, Because he loves us, he has a plan for us, and he takes us as is. Now, the reason he takes us as is is because as we are, he can can receive glory. (laughs) Because everybody got to know that it's him. You know, when I travel with my sister, and over the years, uh, she never hesitates to tell the crowd, this is not her. I know her. I was raised with her. I, was, I stayed in the same bedroom with her because we just had a little house. And she said, I'm telling you, the person that just ministered here was not her. That was God. Just so you know, I don't want her to get the big head. And that's why I travel with her. She tells all this stuff. I'm standing there. But it's true. Everybody say it's true. It's true. As is. Everybody say as is. So I, I, the other person I thought of was Paul. And um, in my Bible reading, I was reading an Acts that I'm reading through a different thing than what we do here at the church this year. And it takes me through the Bible all different. But Acts 26. Now, you know, you read about uh, Paul's conversion in Acts chapter 9. Paul tells about it. But in Acts chapter 6, he really, he's defending himself. He's standing in a court and he's having to defend himself. And so he talks about who he was and, and, and how he came to be who he is at this point in the story. And uh, he's talking to uh, King Agrippa, and he says, uh, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things which I am accused of by the Jews. Of course, the Jews had turned on him at this point. And so he's talking, he said, the manner of my life from my youth, I'm in Acts 26, verse 4. We're going to read a little bit here. Uh, my manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know. In other words, they know about me. They knew me from the first, if they were willing to testify that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. Now, a Pharisee was not someone who was excited about Jesus. Okay? And so he says, and, and now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise are 12 tribes earnestly serving God night and day, hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? Now he begins to talk about his as is. This was where God found him, okay? And he says, indeed, I myself thought I must do things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That may be where you are today. You're not doing what God would have you do. This I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against him. He was there when Stephen was stoned. I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them 
to blasphemy and being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. While thus occupied as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, in other words, from the government and from the church, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw light from heaven. Now, what would qualify him for light from heaven? It would be more like lightning from heaven, like a bolt of lightning. But a light from heaven, a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journey with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me, saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, who, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet. Now, did you just hear what he was doing? Now, this is how God takes him as is. This is what God says. Rise, stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you, everybody say make you, a minister and a witness, both of the things which you've seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and the inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Now, that is quite an assignment when he has just described that he was in the process at that time of going, journeying to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest to persecute. Everybody say to persecute. Christians. And right then, God took a hold of him. And he's actually, you know, writing most of the New Testament. As is. God takes us as is. And the thing that changes us is who he is. And when I read that about Paul, I was, I was thinking, you know, um, in Mark 10, it says that, that we will serve God with persecutions. Everybody say, with persecutions. He has to defend himself in this place. So he says, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Do you know there's a heavenly vision for you? There is. There is a heavenly vision for you. And when God picks you up and starts you on that journey, he takes you as is. And I say that to you tonight. You know, many of you, I believe, must be here tonight and need to know that what God wants to do with you has nothing to do with where you are right now in your life. That, you know, that's what he's saying. It has nothing to do with where you are. And you may be here tonight. You may be a single mom. You may be here tonight and have a mess. You may be in a situation that you don't, you know, and God knows that you don't qualify. But that does not change. The fact that there is a heavenly vision and that the light of the Holy Spirit tonight is shining on you, saying, I want you and I want you just as is. You know, I've picked you up and you are a garment worth saving. You know, sometimes when I would watch this gentleman, his name was Terry at Five Points, and uh, he would pick up some things out of that box of clothes. And I mean, it was just, it was ruined. I mean, you know, when you are in that business that they were in, you get, you get a lot of things that can be fixed. That's where the profit is. And, and they don't sell for a lot anyway because the idea is you sell for less. But 
there's a lot of junk in there and stuff that nobody would want. I mean, things that people have taken back that they've worn and brought it back, you know, in shreds and said this doesn't fit anymore or whatever and returned it to the store. And so that's all in the box. And so there's some garments that when you pull them up, it's like, <laughs> that's in the trash. Amen. But with God, nobody gets thrown in the trash. Nobody. He can take any as is and make it into as he is. As he is in this earth, so are we. And so I say to you tonight, you know, in your life, wherever you are, um, there's, there's an answer for, for your situation. And that is to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to the power of God so you can be changed. The, other, the last one I want to look at is Jesus himself. You know, um, he was seated in heavenly places and yet had to come into the earth. And he had to change his, who he was and become like us. He became a man like us. And then as he was in that state is the way that God used him to save and deliver us on that cross. So God took Jesus as he was in the earth. And I want to look at Philippians. If you'll turn to Philippians chapter two, this is what it says in Philippians chapter two. I'm looking at verses five through eight. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and becoming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. You know, when God took him, he, he, he came to show us that where we are as is can still accomplish what he has for us to accomplish because when jesus went on that cross he went on the cross as a man just like us he didn't go on there uh, as a divine person he went on there as a man and so all the time he walked the earth god was using him as he was in the earth and that's the example of how he wants to use us as we are in the in the earth with the combination of who he is. Jesus healed the sick. He, he prayed deliverance over people. He delivered people from strongholds. He set people free, and he did it as is. What was that? As a man. As a man. He didn't do that as God. He did that as a man because it says here, therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the mention of that name, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. But when God used him, he used him as is. And at that point, he was like you or like me. He had a will. And it says in in, uh, Matthew that God tested him. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness and tested him. Now, the good news is he gets you as is, but he doesn't leave you as is. So why would Jesus have to be tested? If he's the son of God, because God took him as is. Are you getting this? As a man, not as God, as a man. And so he was tested in that wilderness. He could have, at any point as a man, he could have gotten out of that situation and never gone to Calvary. He was tested just, it says in Hebrews 14, he was tested just as we are, yet without sin. What does that mean? As he, as he was, he still climbed that Calvary cross as a man, knowing that in that role, he would deliver mankind 
and restore us to our heavenly father. But God took him as is. He didn't do it any other way. He put him in the earth as a man. And as is, he became our savior, our deliverer. So if he's our example, just the way you are as is today, turn to your neighbor and say, I have a purpose. And I want you to turn to your other neighbor and say, and I can accomplish it. Yes, you can. Because this is the third thing. God bought us as is. God called us as is. He called, called you as is, called me as is. None of us started this journey the way that we are today. And none of us are finished because we're still sitting here. And it's not finished till we get to heaven. Jesus endured persecution. But do you know the very people who persecuted him? In the end are the people he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Paul, in his journey, he, that, that same king he was before, it, said in, it says in the scripture in that same chapter, if he hadn't appealed to Caesar, that King Agrippa would have let him go. But he appealed to Caesar. Why? Because he knew he had to go there. When you know that God has a hold of you as is, you can do whatever God gives you to do, just like Jesus did. You can, you can do exactly what God tells you to do. If you look at John 3.16, it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God loved us as is. He bought us as is. He calls us as is. So there's nothing in us tonight, nothing in you tonight, that is hindering you from you becoming everything that God wants you to be. So why are we still in the place we're in? Because we don't really believe that God wants us the way we are. And that's what God began to say to me. There are so many people that are waiting till they get fixed. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, as soon as I get my act together, as <laughs> soon as I get this right, you know, then I'm, then I'm going to, you know, as soon as I get done doing what I want to do, then I'm going to get saved. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Or, uh, you know, they wouldn't want me at that church because you just don't know where I am. Well, you're the perfect candidate because God's looking for you as is. Because if you come in as is, he will get all the glory for what he's going to make you be. Uh, Romans 8, 38, 39 says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing will separate us from the love of God. Why? Because he takes us the way we are. And so there's nothing we're going to do that's going to separate us from his love. He loved us while we were yet sinners. And then in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.14, I want you to turn there today. And, and, and Pastor John's taught about love uh, the last two weeks. And I, and I just want to share this uh, in regard to God receiving you as is. You know, when, um, when we get saved, how many of you ever noticed when you get saved, you know what's wrong with everybody then? I mean, really, you have got it figured out. Uh, you know, the, the worst person to be around is a person that got saved and quit smoking. See, you're laughing because you know some people like that. And, of course, everybody can quit smoking now. You know, I've lived with Pastor Bill for 30-some years now, and uh, once he gets a revelation, you know, we all should get it. Hallelujah. I mean, I mean he's got it. He understands it, and uh, we're all going to get it today. Hallelujah. And, uh, and so, you know, I understand, I understand that you can know something, but it's not revelation. 
because you haven't really experienced it in your own heart. And, uh, and so when we talk about love, you know, we're to be like God. It says, as he is, so are we in this world. So he takes our as is and puts his he to it, and then it is as he is. That's who we become. Well, that's, that's okay, but how are we going to do that? You know, how are we going to love like he loves? You know, when I was first in this, the hardest person for me to love was me. And the whole thing I found out rested on that. That's where it starts. You know, love your neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as you love your... So, you know, that's got to be where it starts. And I found a lot of people do not love themselves as is. And so, therefore, they never let God really do anything in their life because they don't like who they are. And, And you can't love other people if you haven't learned to love yourself. And so in this scripture, in 2 Corinthians 5, it's talking about, of course, being reconciled to God. And, and this is the scripture that says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But just before that, it says in verse 13, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. And if we are of sound mind, it is for you. And, and this is Paul talking. It says, for the love of Christ compels us. Everybody say compels us. Because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. Now, that word compels is to grip tightly. Uh, the love of Christ leaves us no choice except to live our lives for him. And then it says, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer for should live no longer for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again and this is the key everybody say the key <laughs> to walking in the love of god no matter what we see no matter what we feel no matter what we think this is how god picks you up as is next verse therefore from now on everybody say from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. Regard no one according to the flesh. Now, this is the only way that you can fix anything is if you regard no one with, by the flesh, starting with yourself. Because once you know Christ, that you're, you're, it goes on to say you're a new creature, but it says there, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, we knew him as a man, Yet now we know him thus no longer. Why? Because he has been glorified. But if you've been saved, then you also are seated in heavenly places with him. The Bible says, and you also are walking in that same dominion that he has where he is. So no longer do we regard a person by the way they act. We regard them by who they are in the spirit. Everybody say in the spirit. Now, this will save a marriage. This will save any relationship. This will save you from uh, throwing your children out in a ditch or give them away or whatever you want to do. Because you can no longer regard them. Everybody say no longer regard them according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, when you regard people according to the spirit, you become like Jesus. And I know this is true because when I was, when I was in the 70s, in 79, when God got a hold of my life, began to show me things. 
He said, I want you to see the way I see. And if you see them the way I see them, you will always be able to help them. But if you see them by the flesh, everybody say by the flesh. How many of you know your flesh is not something to really be enjoyed 24-7? How many of you know you can be a real, well, you just fill in the blank there, whenever you want to be, if your flesh takes over? But what God began to teach me was, you will never be changed by looking at your flesh. You will only be changed if you see yourself the way I see you. And so he would tell me, you read what I told you about you all the time. Well, you know, I'd look at that, and it'd make me laugh. I mean, i think, how am I ever going to get there? Well, I did get there eventually. I did actually get there. Uh, No credit to myself other than I chose to believe, like Moses, that with him I could do it. Not by myself, but with him. As is, I could be what God called me to be. And the only way, the only way to do that is to begin to say, I see with my spiritual eyes and my natural eyes. And that's the way God sees you. You know, from heaven, you know, he doesn't look and see your sin because he sees you through the blood of Jesus. And there is nothing imperfect in Christ. And so what God sees in you, he sees his potential that he's put inside of you. So that's why when he sees you as is and picks you up and tells you something, like he told Paul, in the midst of his horrible things he was doing to everybody, he could still say to him, I have a plan, and this is now what you're going to do. And you know it says, if you read Acts chapter 9, it says, and immediately. Everybody say immediately. Immediately he started doing what God told him to do. And the people thought, what happened to this guy? I mean, he was just, I mean, down the street yesterday going to, you know, take somebody to jail. And today, now he's telling us that we can be saved. I mean, I mean, he didn't even, he, he didn't even blink. What if we did that? How many of you know in your heart, sitting here tonight, God's told me some things about me, but I can hardly believe him. Raise your hand. See, you know why? Because you're regarding yourself after the flesh just not after the spirit because what God says is true. What God says is true. And, and you're going to, in this world, you'll have persecution. We all have persecution. But that doesn't change the fact that we give up on God because things are the way they are or the, our life is as is, not the way we want it to be because that has nothing to do with where you're going tonight. Some of you are here tonight and you have some situations and you've made some mistakes. But I'm telling you tonight, God is here saying, I want you as is. I'm not here tonight looking for you to clean up your act. And then I'll take you in and change your life. I want you tonight as is. Corey, would you go to the keyboard? We're gonna, I'm going to pray for you tonight. I believe that God, his spirit is here to let you know. This scripture has three things that I just read to you. Number one, the love of God compels. Everybody say compels. The love of God says we have to die to self. What does that mean? We just stop looking at our flesh. You know, a lot of people think if I have to die to flesh or to self, oh boy, I'm really gonna, I mean, I'm just gonna have to really, something's gonna really beat on me bad and then I'll die to self. No, it just means stop looking at yourself in the flesh. 
Stop looking at your flesh because your flesh is not what qualifies you for what God's about to do in your life. That's not what qualifies you. And number three, know by the Spirit. Know no one except by the Spirit. I was reading um, in the Word of God in another part of my Bible reading. And uh, we, we live in a world where everybody, you know, it's, it's important how, how good you do things. And that's how everything is judged, you know, by how good we do things. And so if you can't do things well then you're not qualified. And uh, that's not God's way at all. In fact, it's the opposite. And uh, I, I was reading, it's in Habakkuk. And you know, um, Habakkuk's telling God, listen, we are in a mess down here. I'm paraphrasing. This isn't how it says it. But we are in a mess. Everything is, I mean, and where are you, by the way? <laughs> I mean, are you going to come here and fix this mess? Because we have a big mess and people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, and we're waiting on you, God, to get down here and fix this mess. And, uh, and it just was interesting to me what God thinks is a mess. This is what it says. And it's in, it's in the NIV. But he says, these people are passing by. He says, guilty people whose strength is in their God. Whose strength is their God. Whose strength is their God. You know what that says? My self-sufficiency is all I need. And that keeps people in a prison. Because how many of you know, you can't change the way you are. (laughs) I mean, you are as is, truly. Now, you might be able to put up a facade for a few days and be nice. But whatever as is is in you is going to eventually come up and come out. How many of you ever had one of those days where it got out? (laughs) Hallelujah. And then everything everything ends up in in a mess. You know, God even wants you there. He's still looking for you there. He is looking for you wherever you are to take you as is. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.